I have been searching. Welcome to Following the Fire, a podcast for Christians who are rethinking their faith and need a safe place to doubt. As we wander through the spiritual wilderness, we want to find and follow God wherever the pillar of fire leads. And just like God's people in the Bible, we get lost, we miss the point, and we don't have all the answers. But maybe that's okay. We're on this journey together. I'm Nathan. And I'm Steve. Even on my heart Can't compare with what you're So are you tired because it's dark or is it dark because you're tired? I think it's dark because I'm tired. <laughs> Good question. Or all of the above? I have developed a... I used to be someone who I wouldn't notice the light change. I wouldn't turn on my lights when it gets dark. Yeah. And if there wasn't mm-hmm. another human around, I would just be alone in my house in a dark, completely dark place. And this year, for the first time, I feel a strong desire to have the lights on when it's dark. Hmm. So that's a new... I don't know what it means. So you can see your wife? Maybe, yeah, maybe that's it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when, when you're living with Daniel, that's no, that's no fun. Yeah, lights off as much as possible. <laughs> How's your week been? It's been all right. I'm still adjusting to darker hours, so the early meetings are not very fun. But overall, it's been all right. Oh, that's right. You got early like Europe meetings, right? Yeah. It's actually pretty sad because during pandemic times, I, I did develop a routine where I would wake up early in the morning. But what mm-hmm. I liked about it was nobody else was working, so nobody would bug me. Um, and I would hmm. wake up, uh, not get dressed, not shower, not brush my teeth. I would just open up the computer and work for an hour in my robe and then close the computer, get ready for the day, and come back to work. And I already have answered all my emails, and now I can focus on other stuff. Was the robe integral to that? Yeah. (laughs) Well, a big part of it was zero work needed to open up the computer. Like, I don't have to be ready. I just open the computer. Right. I'm I'm not talking to people. I'm not A low barrier of entry. Low barrier of entry. Low activation energy. So it didn't feel like... Oh, I got to go to work. And I've got the Washington Post up and I, you know, check on the internet. Um, see see how the world is. So that's what's different now is now I dread it because I do have to be ready and presentable with my camera on and brain functioning already and that's just a very different thing. <laughs> Maybe one day I will I have to go backwards. I have to somehow figure out how to not have Europeans report to me. <laughs> how are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Um, doing, doing pretty good, actually. Really good. I've actually got some sleep lately, which is unusual. So I have strangely have energy. Mm-hmm. And therapy's been working out for me, so getting my brain... My mind aligned. Oh, that rhymed. Are those things related or is the, what's the? They are, yeah, because 
I think that um, I've been I've been so you know I've I've said that I haven't been defining myself by the diseases that I have, but I think you know that thing that kind of happens, and I I wasn't realizing how much I, I was letting that happen. Sure. And when I was just thinking about this today, actually, when you it's like you have layers to your identity and you're different things, to different people, at different times. And uh, it, it, which, when you're thinking about yourself, which layers do you go through first? And so for me, I was, instead of going through like husband, father, whatever, or, you know, Christian, whatever, I was going through Parkinson's MS and then getting to my, the other levels later. Mm-hmm. And so like, well, I'm a guy with Parkinson's. Therefore, this is going to be hard for me. And then guess what? It was hard for me. I mean, there, yeah. there are some things harder for me, but it's, it's kind your, of, it's a bit of the mind over matter thing, but. It's your identity. It's your definition of yourself. It right. is your problem as your identity. Right. Which makes it hard to think of it as a problem. If you think of it, if you think it's just who you are, it's different than, and this is a challenge that I'm working on. Yeah, I mean, because everybody has challenges mm-hmm. of some sort. I happen to have a couple neurological problems, and they're not going away anytime soon. <laughs> so I think I better get used to them. But by, I think I realized that by defining myself that way, instead of defining myself as a guy who's 47, got family, do a thing, you know, here are my hobbies. Oh, and I've got to deal with these yeah. medical issues it was always I'm the guy with the medical issues and I have family and all that kind of stuff yeah so I'm g- glad to hear you're getting more sleep because that makes everything better even oh thousand percent <laughs> yeah and I'm finally you know I'm 47 and I'm finally growing up enough to realize you know what if you go to bed earlier you get more sleep before you have to get up again but you do, do you need crunch? Do you know what I mean by crunch? Have we talked about crunch? No. So you have a really long day and you, you maybe you started behind because you didn't sleep the night before. And so then you kind yeah. of stumble into the day. So you're behind the whole day and work piles up and bleeds into the rest of the time. And then you're like scrambling to get stuff done uh, for your family or cook dinner or eat dinner or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you get mm-hmm. to the end of the day, and it's ten o'clock. Uh, I have this feeling like I still deserve to take the hour of time that I need. Oh, yes. And I call it crunch because I eat cereal during that time. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I just need like a like I'm not uh, hungry, but right, right. I need a crunch, just a little bit of something. Yeah. And so I would, I would, I would do that where it's like, it actually the fact that it was this long day means I extra need. It doesn't matter what time it is. I need to stop. And now I'm going to spend you know, Netflix, an hour mm-hmm. of reading, an hour of just my thing. Oh, yeah. Bleeding into the night. Definitely have that. Because, you know, I, I mean, I'm, an, I'm a very extroverted person, but I, I, and I love being around people. But, uh, you know, the, the, there are times when it's nice to be just quiet by yourself. Yeah. And so if I'm around all people all day long at work and then I come home and I'm around my kids and my wife all evening love them to death 
but I, you know, everybody needs a little bit of alone time. So, you know, 10, 10, 10 o'clock comes around and I haven't had that yet. Yeah. I definitely just kind of need a little bit of something time, rain turn off time or something. I like that crunch. Yep. Got it. Got to have it. And I, I had, it's kind of funny, like things have been stressful and my wife, uh, she can't sleep if, when things are stressful and I sleep like a baby. And so (laughs) we'll be like, well, yep, we're not going to solve that. Well, good night. And then I've just like have the best (laughs) night and (laughs) I'll wake, wake up in the morning and I'm like, how'd you sleep? She's like, not a wink. You know, not even, oh. and I'm like, man, I slept fantastic. I feel great. There's still I problems. hear that. Yeah. So, but when I, when I lived in Paris, I had real bad insomnia and I was not oh. sleeping and I was pulling my hair out in, in the middle of the night and then Oof. going into the day and then not sleeping and then going into the day and not sleeping and it, it depletes you. It just, it screws up everything. So one of my mottos is sleep makes everything better, especially people who are feeling hopeless. It's like, well, see how you feel after you've slept. Right. And yeah, boy, we should be like a health and wellness podcast. Man. Yeah. Where you don't have the like face (laughs) or, you know, like we're not the, I think we could, we could do that. Well, you kind of you kind of look like you could work at a Whole Foods. I do look like, yeah. You've, you got the look right now. I'm pretty crunchy myself <laughs> right now. Yeah, I've got this is. Uh, I remember a long time ago on the show, one of the first times we published a picture that people had just imagined. You know, they made up what I looked like. In oh the yeah, yeah. And I had this big long beard that surprised people. <laughs> and I always have something. Uh, I realized this. I don't know what, I don't understand this about me, so maybe you can help figure out. But my whole life, especially my whole professional life, I go to the job and the boss always has something to say about my physical appearance. Really? Yeah. It's just always, it's been like, oh, that's what you're wearing or like, that's what your beard is doing. And Hmm. uh, I don't spend very much time thinking about what I look like. Yeah. And I just, you know, I see out, I, so I just see what, I don't see myself. And so mostly I tend to choose things that don't require any effort. Right. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that is my, anytime the, the rare times when I'll go get an actual haircut, usually what I'm asking is, can you make me look acceptable in society? Like I don't want to get kicked out of a place because of what I look like. <laughs> and then yeah. also just the easiest possible to get to that. Right. Don't give me a bunch of products and things I got to do with them. And yeah, if you're sculpt my hair. You know? Yeah. If at the end they say, do you want product in it? Then you didn't understand what I was asking. <laughs> um, oh, that's great. So, but I can't tell if I'm like rebelling against that because I'm remote and now, um, you know, I don't get those comments as often because people don't see me as often or if I'm finally just able to be my true self. Maybe that's it. So. You be you, Nathan. I'm trying. You do you. Sometimes it's good for me to not be me. 
It depends. But the facial hair and the hair, I'm trying to be me. I, I keep forgetting that there's something I keep forgetting to bring up on the podcast. Um, stop me if I've, I, I think I forgot to bring this up. Anyway, I'll bring it up again. Uh, so several, lots of episodes ago, we were talking about the issue with homosexuality in the Bible and the church and stuff. And I mentioned a guy that I knew in college who came out to me in my like my senior year or something like that. Yeah. And we were both in like in the Bible department together, and he went through, um, like one of those, uh, like, uh, what do they call them? Like the the pray the gay away programs. Conversion therapy. Conversion therapy. Thank you. Deconversion or whatever. And, and then I kind of lost track of him. Well, uh, he he uh, commented on one of my TikTok videos a few months ago. Oh, found him. I'm like, ah, it's Chris. <laughs> And uh, so we we reconnected, and I I called him up, and we chatted for a while on the phone. And he has, uh, he and his wife are no longer together. He has has realized that he is just that way, and which is sad that he, you know, had had this marriage for a while and has two teenage kids, I think. But it's kind of another another data point that the the deconversion therapy or whatever conversion therapy doesn't really work. And is is often harmful for people. Man, that, unfortunately, that this will this will give away probably too much about myself, but uh, and my ignorance. But I think one where I am on the journey right now is I'm still surprised that gay people exist. Sometimes, okay. So it uh, I've just found out the um grown son of a coworker um, is gay. And I was just kind of like, Oh yeah, they're just kind of out there and regular people. This is why, I mean, uh, I still, I grew up with such an idea in my mind about what it meant to be gay. Um, That it was a choice, that it was um, this lifestyle that set itself against God basically. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, and the, by the way, the way that you get there is like the slippery slope of pornography just turns you. Sure. You, you follow that slope and eventually you're attracted to your own sex. Um, and you're probably a pedophile. Yeah. Just, you keep on going down the slope <laughs> after that. Like it's all, it's all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and I'm straight. And so in my mind, I just had this, it wasn't possible, you know, I, it wasn't a category that I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that churches make is just not acknowledging that this is even a thing, that it's even a, a thing that will happen to people. I'm still not, I, yeah. I, I know how clumsy this sounds, um, but I'm just saying. No, I, I, I get you, yeah. And... Then when I go back to my 
my conservative Christian college where I went. Um, and now not an insignificant number of my friends and classmates are, are out, uh, to some degree. I just go back and relive all of my experiences with that in mind. Uh, what did I say? Mm -hmm. What, what were they dealing with? What pressure did they feel? Um, at times when I wouldn't have considered that. And I just wish I could go backwards to those communities, the churches, their families, the Bible class teachers, the chapel devotional talks, the mm-hmm. locker room talk, the, you know, what happens in the dorm rooms, all of that stuff. And I just wish we were more aware. Hmm. You know? More aware or more accepting or I just, I'm just, I would just be satisfied with just the step of like aware awareness that this is, this exists. Yeah. Um, so it's a foreign thing to me too, growing up because you know, being so secluded in the kind of the bubble I was in and just, just society in general was very, you know, very, um, homophobic in, uh, in many, many ways. It's just you didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. wasn't a thing. You know, less people had like that, um, like a confirm, confirmed bachelor uncle, you know? Right. And uh, nothing more was said. Yeah, it's kind of a weird, it's definitely a very privileged position to be like, oh, I didn't even know people were struggling with this thing. Yeah. Um, and I guess I wish I had. I wish I had been more aware so I was less clumsy and you know I think that about a lot of things in my life but. yeah we've we've mentioned the movie the documentary Pray, Pray Away right I don't know Let's, we have. I haven't seen it I, I know what it is if, but. if we haven't it's, it's on Netflix it's called Pray Away 2021 documentary and it's it's about people going through it's, it's kind of like uncovering the problems of conversion therapy um and how, how like that industry kind of grew up, yeah, and the harm that it's caused and the problems it's caused, and uh, it it's very it's very sad, you know, because of the content, because you know people's lives being turned upside down, but um, it's 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 a good watch. I think it's important to, for people to watch that one. I'll put a link in the in the, in the thing. But yeah, it's a it's a rough one. I think there's so like my my desire for the church is very much kind of like you just asked me uh accepting or or aware that these people are out there. I really do just want us to get to the point where churches treat gay people as human beings and acknowledge their yeah. their existence. Yeah. And that would be would feel miles, uh, miles better than where we are. And it reminds me, I, I follow up. Um, did we talk to her, uh, Bridget Eileen? Re- Wait, I'm going to get her. Now. Yeah. Is that her name? Rivera, Bridget Eileen Rivera. Yeah, we did the book. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Uh, the seven something. Let me find it. Heavy burdens. Yeah, heavy burdens. I just found it at the same time. <laughs> heavy burdens. Anyways, um, she's she's celibate. Um, 
Yeah. But gay and that that's her mission is just try to get the church to to get to a point where if someone says I am gay um is there a way that you can help me that the church can just figure out how to love that person in their community according to their needs and um for some churches that might look like well we expect you to be celibate so we're going to provide for the needs that a partner would have provided for we're going to we're going to support you or we don't expect you to be celibate we're going to do this or you know instead of just yeah. um you shouldn't be or or you need to change or or if you're openly you know declaring that that's who you are you you're in a state of sin and you have to change that before you're welcome here um and she, that uh, our interview with her is episode forty five, by the way. Okay. And she had she had she's been getting criticism actually from the so side A. I, I might have the side wrong. Uh, LGBT community, just because you know she's chosen a life of celibacy and she thinks that's what for her personally she she believes that's the the right thing to do, and so that's threatening to. Everybody, like nobody, nobody, uh, you know, the conservative Christians are, are just threatened by the very idea. And then, um, LGBTQ Christians who don't believe they should be celibate, you know, feel like it's a internalized homophobia thing. So it's been an interesting conversation, but yeah, that's, uh, so I just had to look at it. Side A is, uh, well, there's four sides. What? A, B, Y, and X. I didn't know, but there's it's an axis. Then I don't know about Y and X. So side A is um, is like fully affirming. Yeah. A for affirming. Side B is celibacy. Um, celibacy is the right way to go. Um, side Y. This is from the uh, website for the Life on Side B podcast. And uh, LGBT identity. Side Y is uh, relationships, LGBTQ relationships are incompatible with Christian faith, period. And side X, X stands for X gay, being. So conversion. No longer gay. Yeah. Conversion therapy, yeah. So. Ah, it's interesting. Hmm. Yep. This is kind of reminds me. So I've been thinking about. I guess I have to t- t- say the story why this reminds me. I grew up and a youth pastor that was my youth pastor for most of my teenage years. I don't. I don't actually. I wasn't old enough to remember the story. I think I've shared it before. Not really my st- story to share, anyways. But he he came out as gay. Um. And left oh, the yeah, ministry. Yeah. I don't know in what order, but he's now he's he's out and no longer a youth pastor, obviously. But he was a tw- uh, a twin, a identical twin. Oh, that's right. And so that happened. You know that happened, and I just knew um, uh, knew his his part of the story. And then several states across, I was working at a camp and ran into his identical twin brother. And when you 
Really? Like when you run into an identical twin, you like, you don't know at first. So I thought it was just my youth pastor. Um, and then the conversation that I had was deeply, deeply uncomfortable because it was after all of that had happened. And it was very clear that his identical twin brother, um, did not want, you know, to run into anyone who, who knew his brother. Ooh. Yeah. Don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And you know, I wish I, I wish I could time travel back to that moment and relive it and have a deep conversation. But you know, I just, uh, I was like 20. That I miss you And you always have a place Um but that feeling reminded me I was I was walking uh walking uh I was shopping and walked past an elder at my former church. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently, yeah, just uh, maybe yesterday. And this has happened once, once or twice, but there's not very much time. But as I walked past, his face just completely furrowed into this, just this frown that he just couldn't couldn't hide. Really? Um, and maybe he what didn't even see me. That's a possibility. Um, I typically in this kind of situation tend to tend toward cloyingly nice, but kind of out of e- evil intentions. So, <laughs> yeah. um, but in this case, I just kind of left it alone and normally I would have been like, Hey, how's it going? Long time no see. But I just thought of that because that, that reaction Honestly, may have just been he was thinking about his grocery list and what he had to do. But it's happened a couple of times, small town that I live in, uh, where it has been someone kind of running into me or my family and being deeply, deeply unhappy, uh, just kind mm-hmm. of to see just that we exist, just like being reminded right. of our existence. And that made me think about kind of a frustration I've had with myself and with Christianity and with my church and the, that elder, which is the idea of the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And the idea of the fruit of the spirit is that people who have the spirit will reap a harvest of the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit is the result of the spirit working in your life or that you have the spirit. And, the fruit are all of these great things that we want. You know, you know what the fruit of the spirit is. I feel like I'm explaining. Yeah. Love, joy, peace, patience, self-control. I don't know all the multi-syllabic ones in the middle, <laughs> but, and you know, I just walked past someone who their entire life has been devoted to this. And now they're, they're a leader. And, uh, when I was going to that church, my, huge percentage of my energy was devoted towards Bible study and time together and trying to be who God wants me to be. That's what all of those people are doing. That's what, mm-hmm. um, right. I do not remember ever running into a 
ill-intentioned person at my church ever. They're all well-intentioned. Yeah. Um, and what, in those individual situations, I'm frustrated that after a lifetime of exposure to Christ or in theory, having the spirit living inside them, that they're not softened a little bit. Mm. That the frown, you know, is it's an understandable frown. There's unpleasantries that have happened, and there are humans involved. But yeah, it's a it's a frustrating thing on the individual level. But then I, when you take a step back and maybe look at Christianity capital C or American Christianity, capital C Christianity. I'm frustrated that there's not more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness in what I see. Yeah. And the anti fruit of the spirit, envy, factions, dissension, selfish ambition, fits of rage, hatred, discord. Like, you know, I don't see a whole lot of witchcraft from the, christian americans around me but i do see (laughs) you know it's and i don't know it's been this frustration that i have and i don't know what to do with it i uh i'm with you and i don't know what to do with either (laughs) uh because i mean i remember as a kid learning about the fruit of the spirit and you could all, these things only come from the spirit and you only get, it's like the, this magical oh, only like these yeah. things come from the spirit. If, if, if a person has these things, it's from the spirit. Okay. And That's the only way to get the Mormon. spirit is adult baptism. Right. And then, and then, um, so the, so therefore, that's the only, if that's the only way to get it, how in the world are there like atheists for goodness sake, atheists, who show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and all those things. Well, you don't know what they're like at home. Oh, they're just putting the face on. Yeah. yeah. They're a mask. They're dealing with, they're dealing with, you know, they're just putting on the show, but what they're dealing with is worse than I see. We're dealing with. Oh, it's easy. (laughs) Easy. Next. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah. Uh, You're exactly right. And the, I don't think I was quite, I never quite had the idea that this is exclusively fruit of the spirit. So I, I, I didn't even have to square that circle. If I saw someone that was loving, I was just like, yeah, I mean, you know, Gandhi's going to hell. He's not, he was loving. (laughs) 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 Um, yeah, that happens. Wrong kind of Christian. Yeah. Um, that's not exactly what my, uh, self-talk was like. Um, but, it just wasn't quite a a problem, but I did still believe that Christians had an exclusive full picture, so people could get a partially right. partially correct morality or partially correct something, but that it's always going to be lacking. It's always going to be missing something, hmm. and that yeah, and that really makes makes it hard to learn from people around you. It makes it impossible. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, just the idea of what what can we learn from our neighbors who are? I'm going to start close and go far. So like Baptist, like, <laughs> you know, then Catholic, and yeah. then it's like Jewish, Messianic, Jewish, 
Jewish, Islam, you know, out right out would be anything that has like a martial art or or form of like lady exercise associated with it. And let alone like atheists or, you know, questioners or they just don't have anything to offer because we have a monopoly on the, the good stuff. Yeah. I think that's why I'm so frustrated now because I believed that. And so the very, lo- what I think is logical conclusion is then the people with the good stuff and that it says, does this, there should be, it should be, there should be a chart, like amount of exposure to this or amount of time or amount of that you follow it correctly or whatever should equal more love, just peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gen, all of that stuff. Yeah. That's what the, that's what the formula is in my mind that I'm not, and you should be able to, you should be able to like give people NPS scores or a survey or something and like find the Christians <laughs> based on Jesus wouldn't even said this, but you know, Jesus didn't know as many words as Paul. Not a lot of people know that. Jesus, um, <laughs> Jesus just said, "The this is not a quote. I'm now misquoting. The fruit is love. The, you know, he had the one word. Sure. You will know they're Christians by their love. Right, right. Um, I would be happy with just that. Like, oh, the, how do you find out who's a Christian? You've, you get your love detector out and look for just like tune it to whatever love isotope you want. And you just find the highest concentration. And those are the Christians. Yeah. And so, and the, and if, if nothing else, you at least see the absence of the bad side of things. right? Yeah. If the hate isotopes cause too much interference, then you just like go to where there's the least hate isotope going on. Right. Right. And then, you know, and it doesn't, my, Maybe I'm trying to figure out what error that I'm making because it it really is causing this um, turbulence in my brain. And when I think about individuals, I can make the formula work again. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, but I'm I'm kind of saying I'm thinking like of, at the ten thousand foot level, it works with with Christianity. Well, I I think of people who have the most fruit that I know of. And that's a very small per- percentage of people that I think of that like have that. Yeah. And then I, th- and they they are Christians. And then I think those are, those must be, they figured it out. Like they did the thing right, or the spirit did the thing right or more or longer. And that's why they are full of grace. See, this this is like one of the fundamental problems that I think a lot of people are having with Christianity. And it's one of the problems that I'm having with Christianity, to be honest, is that the la- the loudest and most common form of quote-unquote Christian that you see these days is the kind that shows nothing but the opposite of those of those fruit. Yeah like the dissension, the quarrelsomeness and all this stuff. It's all you see. And even with the the church we grew up in and some of my family, Christians forever, and they are showing just as much hate 
and dissension and all this kind of stuff. It's like if Christianity, if, if following Christ, being a Christian is, if, if it works, then how is that possible? So, and I see it not working, and I think, well, is it a thing? Is this, is this real? You know, I they'll know you you are Christians by your love that you that you're followers, and so I I don't see the love, but you've told me that your entire life you're a Christian. You told me how to be and how to live, and you're showing the opposite. What am I supposed to think about this whole thing? Yeah, it- where's the proof? I mean, we should be the proof. For Christians, but there's way too many people who are not showing that. Yeah, exa- exa- not that I'm perfect, but well, that's the that's kind of where I where I went next. But the, like the, I th- I'd say your family is is an example of that. It's so painful to watch what's happening, partially because I look up to all of those people so much. Yeah. As oh yeah, right. And if none of this had happened, I would have never experienced or you would have never experienced like what being on the that other side of the coin is like and there are so many admirable traits right in your family obviously Um, and that, that I think that's I want even just like just spending your entire life even if your theology is wrong even if your preacher's not great even if the songs are slow like just the amount of exposure to low grade Jesus should do. I feel like should do. I wish that I. It should have had some sort of impact. Yeah, and may, maybe it does. You know, it, it just the the examples that I think of are when I run into those, like an elder. Um, I don't see that, and that's frustrating. Or then you know, on the thirty fifth thousand foot level at the national level obviously if you're looking at cable news you're not going to see a whole lot of fruit of the spirit right and it's just frustrating because i want it i want it to work and one of the reasons i want it to work is because i want the fruit of the spirit in my life yeah like i want the formula to work on christianity because i want the formula to work on me does that make sense hmm Mm-hmm. Like I, I rated. If my, it doesn't work on them, how can it work on you? Well, I'm I, I was uh, thinking about all of this because I was like, I I think I've been de- depressed probably the past couple of months, and um, that happens, and sure, um, I'm much better at dealing with it now than I was a long time ago, and it makes everything worse, and it makes me worse, and. You know, it's, um, but I was looking at this list of fruit of the spirit and I was like, man, I'm failing. I'm it's annual review Mm -hmm. time at work too. So I gave, I gave myself on one to five scale ratings on all of these. And I was like, ah, this is not where I want to be. Um, I feel like I'm going backwards, you know, not a whole lot of joy or peace. And luckily I don't have like orgies or debauchery or anything like that. So the uh, that's the the next thing that I did was like, man, do I have all the like? <laughs> am I? Did I go to uh, to the other side? Am I fighting for the wrong, <laughs> bad for the wrong team? 
And I just was like, no, okay, I, I want this. I think everybody wants to be, to be or to feel these things in their life. Mm-hmm. And I want there to be the hope that, I want the formula to work. I want people who interact with Jesus to come away a little bit more like that somehow. The way you phrased that a second ago, I want to kind of poke at this a bit. You said you want the formula to work on you. And that the reason I, that caught my attention is that, um, and I don't know if you meant it this way if you just were saying it, but it's, it's almost like you want the the thing to happen to you like, like you just soak it in and you just become this person. And that's kind of how it's described to us as at least when I was a kid in the church is you, you become a Christian and just spirits inside of you, right? The spirits inside of you, you're going to be showing the fruit of the spirit. It just happens. Yeah. And so it's the, the reason that caught me is that it's a, if you think of it that way, it's kind of a passive thing versus an active thing. Oh yeah, it's and it's what I would normally call like magical Christianity thinking. Yeah. Uh where it's like you do the thing, you do the magic spell right. Take communion right. or say the prayer or whatever. You get the the outcome that you want, more rain, not cancer. Mm-hmm. Um and I like yeah. I w- I want it to just be dependable and reliable and um I want the federal food and drug administration to be able to certify how much of it I've got. Like I want to, and really what I want is I want any church in my town. I just want to be able to plop into any one of them. And because they're Christians know that there's going to be people with more of this and know that if my kid is going to Sunday school there, that he's going to learn this and that, if I'm engaged in community with them, that I'm going to get more of this. Like I want, you know, I want it. Uh, yeah. You, it's like you want the, the experience you want Christianity to be in to Christianity to be a net positive. I don't care if the, on, the Romans are like slay, you know, putting me in jail. I just want to have inner peace about it. Yeah, I do. I, right. I want it to be, um, yeah, like if I want it to be like military school for a kid. It's like you send them there, they get straightened out. Right? They mm, yeah. Doesn't matter if they're rebellious or have an attitude, you send them to military boarding school because they ha- have a formula down that spits them out square and straight and you know, disciplined. <laughs> and I I want after yeah, I, I just want to run into like Christians all the time and feel the love or the fruit of the spirit like miles before I find out they're Christian. Right. You know, I, I want it to just yeah. be like, whoa, what do you have? I want that. Yeah. And then be like, oh, and also I'm a Christian. Like, oh, that's what it is. And I'm scared of Christians right now, and I'm, I smell all kinds of other stuff coming off of them, and I'm like, I bet you're a Christian, you know. And yeah, I, I don't. This is yeah, a, and, and our, yeah. 
I keep trying to answer, yeah. like say, and then, and so therefore this, but that's. <laughs> well, let me think, let's think of it this way. So we all would like that. Um, I think it'd be nice, but that's not happening. Yeah. So why is it not happening? Because we, we can, I mean, we can sit around and hope all day, but is there a reason it's not happening? That's where my mind always goes. Yeah, it's it's easier to answer for myself, but I, uh, what I thought of is, I'm not going to church. That's probably why. Like, no wonder. Um, I'm, like, I can think of the things, uh, for me personally. Okay, what if I try this? Yeah, if I read the Bible more, if I'm, um, at church more, will will these things fall in place? But when I think about the elder or the population, I I really am I really don't understand, mm. and I don't want it to be oh they they got it almost right but they got one thing wrong, because these people are trying really hard to do it, you know. I wonder if people are. Well, I'm kind of going back to the passive thing. I wonder if people are waiting to are trying too hard to be passive about it not working on themselves or uh, it's all a sham anyway, or they're, they're not real Christians. Yeah. It's kind of like, is it, is it that they're doing, is it a double down that's needed? Is it? Yes, it is there. uh, But you've got to do it right or more or more seriously or more correctly or, you know, they, and you know we're I'm, we're talking about people who really have missed some of the Jesus parts, mm-hmm. uh, and the the whole discussion about the fruit of the spirit starts with a discussion about uh, freedom and like what's the whole point of all of this, and that's in the chapter where it's uh, faith expressing itself through love is the whole point, right? Yep. So, yeah. uh, one conclusion would just be, oh yeah. They missed the the whole thing, you know. Mm-hmm. That's a that's an air ball. That's a whiff. It, they just like they're not living out of uh, love. They're living out a law, and you can't get there living out a law. It's just not how it works. Um. Hmm. But then I would expect to run into people like a lot of people. We're getting it right. I guess that's the part that I don't know where to find the the people who are getting it right and and have it or are doing it or are working or are working in that direction. Yeah. Hmm. Like you can be progressive and not have you know what I mean. Like you can be affirming or you can be vote for the people I agree with or or like believe the correct things and that doesn't necessarily make you more loving or gentle or peaceful or you know what I mean? Um, Oh yeah. I can find beliefs pretty easily. Like I can find a group of people who believes like me, but I haven't developed a sense to find where, where are the people who have gone before me so that I can learn from them 
And what I want to learn is what does a life actually like Jesus look like that's actually mm-hmm. loving and has that as the priority. Like the, like there are people here and there, but why aren't there more? And where are they all hiding? Yeah. One of the statistics that has always bothered me since I was young was that there is absolutely no difference at all between Christians and non-Christians with divorce. I mean, none at all. It's statistically the same. True Christians. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it did, you know, even even the if you faithful, even, yeah, a, even accounting for that, yeah. even accounting for that, the correct denomination and everything. There's no difference, and the reason that always bothered me is because that seemed like a major chink in the armor of 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 God, <laughs> right? Yeah. Putting on the armor of God. There's a huge chink in that armor because if marriage is so holy and so special and there's so much like there's honestly not much teaching about it in the bible but there's we we are taught so much about it oh yeah at church you hear it all the time Uh, like jesus said like one thing (laughs) but um he didn't even mention his wife the the guy isn't that crazy (laughs) she didn't even make it in there it's such a it is such a big deal in in Christianity that and and in the quote unquote the world, it's I mean people you know, nobody wants to get divorced, but people are like yeah, it happens. Yeah, it's not. I mean it, everybody's different, obviously, but it's not a this this big taboo thing. In the church, it's a huge taboo thing, and so the fact that this huge taboo happens just as much as this thing that in the quote unquote world happens just as much. And it's not a taboo. It's like the shame of it's not even keeping us away from it, much less the, yeah. the fruit of the spirit. It's like, we got double whammy against us and we, we're still doing the thing. We have extra resources. We, we have reminders, we have workshops, we have right. like carrot and stick. You should see, you should see the needle move a little bit on that. Yeah. And for a long time, even, even in our, the way the tradition we grew up in, there were if you got a divorce, you didn't you were out of the church. Period. Yeah. yeah. You did not come. You were not welcome. And anyway, so you see all that, and I'm like, well, does that mean that Christians are extra bad? <laughs> does that mean like the Christians are so evil that they can't that they have overcome the, the 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 command and the shame to do the wrong thing on purpose, right? You know, it's like none of it. The math, as they say, the math isn't mathing. I do remember uh, when we had the small group together, and I, then I had a small group in in my home. At that time, I had realized that Christianity as a sin management strategy is a very bad strategy. It doesn't work. The the people in the building are are not better than the people outside of the building. They need Jesus the same equal amount. Sure. But I still believed that just by admitting that, that helped you get on that path to, like, yeah, I have problems. Knowing is half the battle. Yeah. Saying... Saying the the problem out loud 
and it's when we pretend that we're innately better that's when you know the problems happen that's and there's definitely that happening in in churches um especially around things like child abuse or sexual abuse yeah where those things kind of get in our way of taking practical steps to solve problems but i at that time i felt like i was maturing and becoming more fruit filled hmm but what i expect is that the 80 year olds should be the most fruit filled like that yeah you know it should be absolutely proportional to you know and it maybe it maybe it is like when i think of like uh um, the the older uh population of our church i would like to at least imagine that that's what's happening is is people are getting more loving but yeah <laughs> i mean people seem to be people the older you get the, the seems to be that you just get more entrenched in the way you've been i always hear about I was I mean I always liked the idea and the the legend of the person who was on the wrong side of the street, you know, whatever tracks they're the rough and rough guy or whatever. And they become a Christian and it transforms them. They're like a different person. They love everybody now, the, the all the fruits. Yeah. Right? I never ever ever have met that person. The closest that ever came that I can th- that I can think of, my uncle. So it's my dad's sister's husband. He's passed away since uh, f- f- about five years ago, but he uh, he was always he was always a really outgoing, ju- you know, jubilant guy. Had quite a mouth on him, as they'd say. Um, salt of the earth kind of guy. Yeah. And but he never went to church. Never had anything to do with church. Didn't want to. But his wife, my dad's sister, always went just faithfully her whole life. And uh, I remember we'd often pray for my uncle and the, the, oh, he'll come find God and everything. And my senior year of high school, I think it was, or r- around then, he, I don't know what happened, but he got baptized, became a Christian, and he went on fire, like it to- at the time I'm like this totally changed him completely he's a totally different guy yeah looking back on it 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 he had just as much energy and fire as before but now he's instead of focusing on telling dirty jokes at the cafe and hunting all the time he redirected it a little bit to teaching people about the Bible and worship and things like that it's a, it's just a redirection of the the same yeah. person um but it, what we're talking about with the, the fruit of the spirit, and I, I feel like I'm kind of being, a, I'm, I'm being a downer about this, but it just it just frustrates me to no end that Christians aren't recognizable. I think that's kind of what you're getting at. Partly is that Christians should be the people who we see them walking down the street. They're full of love and light, and you're like. I want to be around that person, but all we see now in in the in the states, for the most part, is the opposite. And I tell people that I go to a church that is 
now that is open and affirming and loving and all, all the things that we should be, and then he'll believe me. Like, well, that's not that's not church. That's not Christians. That's something else. <laughs> yeah, you must have and it even wrong. If, like. <laughs> And yeah, even the that people sounds like I, there's I'm, a lot of love. That's not Christians. That's something else. <laughs> right. You know, and like you, I keep hearing online, no, there's no hate like Christian love. Yeah. I, heard, I hear that phrase a lot. And so I think it's well-deserved the way that a lot of people have been treating people these days. But the we told I told you that we're doing the, we're going through the book, Do I Stay Christian? Mm-hmm. by Brian McLaren at church. And the the conversation always keeps, keeps, keeps to the... The conversation always seems to circle back to, I wish we had a different term that meant follower of Jesus that wasn't Christian because that term has just been so drugged through the mud and stomped on and pooped on. Yeah. I don't want to be called that anymore, but I want to follow the teachings of Jesus. And it's, it's, it's cumbersome to say, I'm a follower of Jesus. And then like, do you mean a Christian? Well, yes, but not the way you think. No, I mean and... like hippie, <laughs> like what you're thinking, but, but more, more hippie. Imagine like John Lennon, but likes <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Fewer mushrooms. Sometimes the same amount of mushrooms. There's <laughs> mushrooms are everywhere. I read a whole book about it. I mean, so all that to say, I really empathize with everything you're saying and I have my own versions of frustrations with that and I don't know what to do about it either okay so, so I can cry on each other's shoulder a little bit I have come up with my own uh, bow that I'm going to tie around it for the day okay uh, which is maybe instead of waiting for magic to happen uh, I'm seeing this problem in myself and so what I should do is maybe what Christians should do and the church should do is it's not just trust the magic, but te- test the fruit. And if the fruit is missing, go solve the problem. Go make a change. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm starting with the man <laughs> in the mirror. I'm asking him. Catchy, catchy song. Yeah, so, you know, I should be looking at these and I should ask my five whys to get to the root cause. But also, yep. I should look at my life and make changes or um, take it seriously. And maybe maybe churches should be evaluating themselves or Christians should be evaluating themselves or even, you know, take a look at mm-hmm. the list. And if it describes your neighbor better than you, then make a change. You know, I think the churches need a business consultant to come in <laughs> and we'll go through like a, like a fishbone diagram with them. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> like get back to the root cause. Well, why is this? Why is it like you said, the five whys? Yeah. And figure out why the heck are we this way? Why are Christians acting like assholes, and why are why are the atheists the one that I want? What I'd feel more comfortable going to a group of atheists these days than I would be going going to the random megachurch on the corner. Yeah, I feel much safer with the atheists. I would not feel safe with the, the megachurch these days. Right, and that's sad. We have this great. I love this uh, corporate 
thing where, you know, we have all these tools and uh, that we use to solve different problems. And one of them is to solve a people problem. And it's an, it makes that person have to ask like 30 people that they work around to give anonymous feedback on how they're doing. Really? And the people who need this the most are jerks, right? And so you, <laughs> but they're the jerks who like are so assured of themselves that they don't know how much of a jerk everyone thinks they are. And so what you do is you say like, hey, maybe you should take this class. You might benefit from that. And then hoping that they'll let you take the anonymous survey so everyone can say like, stop being such a jerk. <laughs> And so I think that's the class we need is just like, hey, let's just do a community survey. We'll just get some, we'll go around the neighborhood. We'll go to the other churches in the area, you know, and we'll just like, we'll just like give you some, some input. We'll just give you some input. This is call it a spiritual gift survey. There's a, people do those all the time. They do, they do? What What are my spiritual gifts? Where can I serve in the church? And then, but we, then we tell them, but and don't be a jerk. <laughs> Stop being a jerk. I wonder if, would we feel like snake oil salesmen if we set up a website, just you and I? <laughs> oh, I love it already. And like, it's <laughs> like, it's all a sham. It's all smoke and mirrors, but it's like, you know, 10 steps to be more engaged with whatever, you know, how to, how to turn your liberals harder or whatever they want. And then, <laughs> but then like you feed them, you know, helpful criticism. Yeah. <sighs> You're assuming that that's going to work. The problem we have, Nathan, is that people don't want to change and Christians don't want to change. And I think too many Christians have gotten themselves so deep in the the pile of crap that has been their traditions and their biases and their prejudices that they, they don't realize that they're in a pile of crap anymore. And they don't, they're refusing to move. They're like, I'm happy where I am. And I have all the narratives in the world to tell me, to tell everybody else why I'm the right kind of Christian and you people who like gay people are not the right kind of Christian. So, I mean, it's sad, but I don't think anything's gonna, ever going to change until these people die off or they move to their own country. Or, yeah. But then there's going to be another problem with other another group of people being more woke than you and... You know, it, it it goes back and forth. That's that's people are the problem, Nathan. They are the problem, and I can't stand people. And I see that for sure, but I just can't. I feel so. It feels so foreign to me because I am not self assured. I'm questioned. Even the things that I'm confident in and that I believe a hundred percent in the in, you know, behind the scenes, I still think, what if I'm wrong or Mm-hmm. Right. So, and I'm not satisfied with where I am right now. And I wasn't satisfied with where I was five years ago. And so like what that's gotta be happening behind the scenes. Or I at least imagine like, surely the questions are there. They're, they're being suppressed more or they're right. I had a reason to, I had a kid out of wedlock. And so, I had a catalyst that that caused me to be able to just be okay with that stuff, be okay with mm. my questions and my uncertainty. 
because it was public. Yeah. So, so I'm so I pro- project and just think like it's got to be there. It's that that desire has got to be there. Those questions. I think you're giving people way more <laughs> credit yeah. than, they, than they deserve because I think the reason that you are the type of person you are and that you are searching and learning and growing is because you are not necessarily you know, you have not necessarily been just fine think that you've got it all figured out yeah it's the beard I mean, there's it's, obviously a, i just don't fit in and so people are always commenting and i just know there's something wrong with me and i yeah. <laughs> well i mean it's it there's a balance between you don't want to beat yourself up and go like i'm a horrible person i'm never doing anything good you know that's not that that's not what i'm saying yeah but i remember always saying i heard many times in youth group and sermons, etc. that as soon as you think you've got it, you that is a definite evidence that you have not got it. But that 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 just that's just arrogance and ego. And so that proves that you don't have it because you, that's not supposed to you're not supposed to have that. Hmm. And I think that the church has talked itself into a situation where and by the church I mean evangelical-ish people all over the country have talked themselves into a world where they are the right ones and they've got lots of enemies. they got the trans people. they got the Democrats. they got the immigrants. All these, all these enemies because we're right and they're wrong. And it's a binary thing. So you have to defend thing. and double down and you, you can't, no time for the right. questions. It's all about defensive, exactly. Yeah. Building up your walls and... When you have that situation, I don't think that there's a lot of introspection going on. Huh. At all. Maybe it's all down... We, we've talked about the Dunning-Kruger effect. I don't know if we called oh, it yeah. that. Yeah. So I call it the saxophone effect because I didn't know about Dunning-Kruger. But the more I practiced saxophone, the more frustrated I was because I was getting worse. And But if you had listened to me, I was getting much better. Uh, I just was more, but you knew more about it. I was more aware of what it's supposed to sound like and what it's supposed to be. And I I do feel like I've gone backwards or I, but, um, I am in that valley of despair of, of knowing what I, what I want it to be like and knowing that I'm not there, you know, Mm -hmm. and I do encounter a lot of people that are completely confident that they are there and they're wailing and making horrible noises on their squeaky saxophone. And I just, you know, <laughs> wish I could show like, them. they're like, listen to me play. <laughs> yeah, look at this. Check this out. And I'm like, I've been there, brother. You know, I I get it, but, you know. You're, you're supposed to bring up topics that we can solve, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's been... <laughs> my next one, my next one as a sneak peek is, ends up with the question, am I a Marxist? And I took a quiz. <laughs> To, to see so we can we can discuss that next oh I can't time. wait for that don't you know it's all I have well thanks for for uh ruining my evening Nathan appreciate it <laughs> anytime <laughs> really. yep hopefully you can still sleep no. tonight yeah it, it yeah I'll be fine yeah, yeah I actually well. I got a message from a listener today that they're like we I just don't have anybody to talk about christianity anymore and yeah so yeah i feel that it's good it's good to 
have people that we, you and I don't always agree, but at least we, I can, I get you, you know? Yeah. I, I, I know where you're coming from and you know where I'm coming from. We're trying to do the right thing and being confused by it all the time, but we have, we have <sighs> listener emails that I have been putting off because I've been tired and I, I, I'll devote some time to yeah. answer those. Oh, I did want a little promo. Next week, we're going to have Allison Buxton back on the show. Oh, yeah. Remember, we had her back when we did the um, Beth Allison Barr's book about uh, women's roles in the church. And uh, she's uh, Allison's going to come back and talk to us about feminism. Ooh, so she a for or against? That sounds scary. <laughs> I'll give you <laughs> one guess. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's that's gonna be great. Yeah, that's gonna be cool. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. See you next Talk time. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you got something out of the episode today. Check the show notes in your podcast app for all the links and references that were made, or you can find it all at followingthefire.com. If you'd like to support the show, please go to patreon.com slash followingthefire to become a patron. And of course, we'd love it if you rate the podcast and share it with others. See you later. And I'll give you all my heart Don't you know it's all I have Even on my heart Can't compare with what you're worth I have been running Almost all my life But you, you always chase me down